I believe that most people will say that they've learned more from their mistakes than they did from their successes. Yet, being wrong remains one of the most feared outcomes in our lives. In this podcast, I will share lessons that I have learned from my mistakes that have helped me to get one step closer to a more authentic version of myself. My name is Lonnie Was the Third, and this is what I did wrong. I'm an only child, so that means that I spent a lot of time growing up by myself. I spent time with family and friends, and me and my mom spent a lot of time together, but besides that, I always had my own room where I would do activities like write in my journal, watch TV, and, well, talk to myself. And I must admit that I still talk to myself to this day. What can I say? Listen, some things don't ever change. The two questions that I get asked the most when people find out that I'm an only child is, one, do you ever get lonely? And two, do you ever wish you had brothers or sisters? My answer almost always is no and no. I've always been okay with my only child status, and I never really felt left out when I met people with siblings. Having siblings must be super cool, but it doesn't sound too exciting to wear hand-me-downs or to have to fight to see who can use the bathroom first in the morning. When I reflect on my childhood, I don't really remember being bored a lot. And I have to add that I was a very chill person growing up. Like, I wasn't interested in going out to parties or running the streets. I didn't even hang around people who did those things. So I spent a lot of time at home. So it's even more interesting that I wasn't bored. As I reflect on why I didn't feel bored often, I have to give my mom some credit because she raised me to be the type of person that explored my interests organically. Like, I never felt that I needed to be occupied with anything else other than the things that interested me. So what my mom did was subconsciously teach me that introspection is super important. Introspection and reflection are all about getting to know yourself at the core uncovering your values, and then deciding for yourself what's the best action to take. You take power away from the way you've been conditioned, away from the systems that try to hold you in place, and bring focus or control to where it belongs, within you. Besides, I've always been great at entertaining myself, and I've always enjoyed my own company. I believe that everyone should get to the point where they enjoy being with themselves by themselves, even if they choose to spend time with others. Often we think of self-love. We think of being kind to ourselves and treating ourselves to spa treatments and lighting incense and candles. But there's another side of self-love that I think doesn't get enough attention. And that is the ability to sit with yourself and to ask yourself meaningful questions that need answers. Mastering yourself takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of energy for you to check in with yourself, to figure out who you are, to figure out who you're not, to figure out who you want to be. And no matter how sure of ourselves we are, how confident or how much work we've done, we are all susceptible to outside influence. That's just a human thing. So it's really important that we dig deep and that we look within. Somewhere around college, I began to lose sight of my only child ways and I became a busybody. I think I was just beautifully overwhelmed at all the opportunities in college, like all the activities that I could join and all the things that I could do. There were so many people to meet and I was always doing something. And it was around that time that I practiced introspection less 
and less. Self-reflection, less and less. I became like an energizer buddy, bunny of sorts. Like I was in everything. I was doing everything. And once I left college, things slowed down a little bit. And I realized that I needed to get back to me. I got back into the groove of spending time alone, sometimes journaling, listening to music, sitting in silence. Those moments can be really scary at first because we are so conditioned to be doing something all the time. And doing something in a lot of different ways produces some type of external reward. And it's kind of sad that our culture doesn't reward internal success as equally as it rewards external success, things like money, jobs, cars, relationships, uh, grades, all that stuff. The stay-at-home and now curfew orders that have been placed on so many of us here during this pandemic, during all of the racial tension and protesting going on in America right now, leaves us to be at home a lot more than we used to be before the restrictions were placed on us. And during this time, I've learned a lot about myself, or should I say I have been reminded of certain things about myself because I've had more quiet time, more introspection. And let me just say that just because you are by yourself doesn't mean that you're working on yourself. Let me say that again. Just because you're by yourself, just because you're alone, just because you live alone, just because you spend time by yourself doesn't mean that you are spending time with yourself. And so the important thing is not just that you're alone, but it's that you are spending that time alone, digging deeper and finding out who you are. I've learned that I still enjoy my own company. I've learned that the person that I am when I'm alone is the same person that I am when I present myself to the world. And I'm really proud of those two truths. They did not come easily, but we will discuss that in another future episode of the podcast. Consistent introspection leads to solitude. Solitude gives you an opportunity to discover yourself and find your own voice. Solitude helps you to work through problems more effectively. It's hard to think of effective solutions to problems when you are distracted by incoming information, regardless whether that is electronic or human. Solitude can enhance the quality of your relationships with other people by spending time with yourself and gaining a better understanding of who you are and what you desire in life. You are more likely to be in better spirits and to make better choices about who you want to be around and also how to respond in situations with other people. Here on the podcast, I discussed the topic of emotional triggers about two episodes ago And as a refresher, emotional triggers are unhealed traumas that are triggered by someone or something that uh, many people, when it happens, um, they activate their trigger and they then react disproportionately to whatever is going on right now because of something that happened to you, say, in your childhood. I say all that to say that solitude allows you to deal with those triggers, for instance, and to seek clarity about next best steps for healing. You cannot arrive to those same realizations if you are constantly around other people, if you're constantly outputting your energy, if you're constantly busy, if you're constantly accepting jobs and extra jobs and extra things and doing all the things. It's really, really, really difficult slash, I want to say impossible to find solitude and introspection when you're not spending time by yourself, investigating yourself, reflecting. 
The cool thing about solitude is that once you find your voice, you are then able to move through life with an increased sense of confidence and peace because no matter what someone else thinks about you or says about you, you know yourself. You've spent more time with yourself than they have, so you become expert in yourself and that confidence is like nothing else. Now, there's no quick way to mastering yourself. I'm sorry to tell you. Just like it takes several years to master a major in school, and even after you master that major, you still have more to learn, right? Think of mastering yourself in the same way. Be intentional about getting to know yourself. I know how excited I get when I'm about to meet somebody that I'm excited to meet. Listen to that siren. That is the reality of the current state of the world. But I'm going to keep going. (sighs) Um, When I'm meeting somebody new, I'm super excited, whether it's a first date or if I'm like meeting someone who is famous or maybe I'm meeting someone who I've been talking to online and I finally get to meet them in person. That is an exciting journey, right? And the way that you master yourself is by studying yourself. Take some time. Be that excited about meeting yourself. Um, so in order for you to master yourself, you have to study yourself. You have to take time out each day or each week to maybe write down some open-ended questions about yourself, such as, do I like myself? Am I happy? What can I work on? Am I carrying any emotional baggage that I need to let go? Whatever questions that are most relevant to your journey, ask yourself those questions, write them down, have, um, conversations with yourself. And then begin to find the answers to those questions. Now, however you decide to find those answers up to you, it may be through faith, something faith-based. It may be through reading books. Um, Once you get the answers, you definitely can move to the next level. Um, Feel free to ask for assistance from someone like a therapist, maybe a pastor, if you're a faith-based person, religious or spiritual person, spiritual advisor, a life coach, a mental health professional that can help you to dig deeper and to sort through all of the things that you are trying to find out about yourself. Um, Sometimes it's really helpful to talk to your parents or talk to someone who raised you because they could tell you maybe stories that could help you to tell you a little bit more about yourself. Sometimes pathologies are passed down to us and we don't understand why we went through certain things or why we act certain ways. And it could be really helpful to talk to someone in your family, especially an older person. Another tool you can use is books and a game changing book for me, for instance, was Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. Through this book, I dug deeper into how I interact with bravery and vulnerability in my life. And I'm forever grateful to my friend Chris, who suggested this book to me when I was going through a really rough time where I kind of lost sight of who I was at the time. So having good people around you is really good. Speaking of books, my friend Canton of Canton Wellness, which is a wellness organization out of New York City, just released an ebook entitled Get Clear, which is this mindfulness guide that is beautifully designed and it walks you through all these questions to help you master yourself. And mindfulness is a great way to get there. If you are interested in checking out the book, Get Clear, um, I'm going to list the, the URL for you to purchase it in the description box in the podcast notes. So feel free to check that out. What I did wrong was occupying myself with so many external activities and relationships that I eventually got lost in the noise. I lost my voice. As a result, I became susceptible to the influence of other people. Through the years... 
I have sat with myself in the stillness and the intentional self-discovery process, and I now know myself more than anyone else ever could. And that self-awareness allows me to move through life as a whole individual because I now have a PhD in me. Thank you for listening to the What I Did Wrong podcast. As always, I appreciate your support. Catch new lessons each and every week on Wednesdays. Feel free to follow me on Instagram at LonnieWasTheThird or visit my website at LonnieWasTheThird.com. Until we meet again, remember that regret was meant to refine you and that your mistakes don't have to define you. I leave you in love, peace, and style. Until the next time.